Welcome back to another episode of the Lookout Podcast. I'm joined today with John Crawford. Thanks for having me in your in your woodshed, man. I really appreciate you having me over. You bet. This is my happy place in the winter. Oh, it's, oh, it's so <laughs> great. And John, so you're a longtime lookout, author, uh, builder of, of lookout towers, as you see right here, of replica of Indian Hill, correct? Yeah, I just started doing these model lookouts last winter. So oh, I've been amazing. just doing it for two years. I built uh, one of Indian Hill, an exact replica. All the way down to the, all the furniture inside oh, is exactly the same as Indian Hill. And then I also built one of Coolwater Lookout. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where'd, said, where'd that one go, the Coolwater one? That one went to my friends Bob and Chris Anderson over in Lewiston, Idaho. Oh, really? And they uh, were on Coolwater Lookout in the 70s and 80s. Oh, very cool. And so when I was building this, I told them I was going to build Indian Hill. They said, by the way, could you happen to build a one of cool water too? Oh, very cool. <laughs> oh man, it looks incredible. Like anyone knows lookouts. And if you don't know lookouts, you can look them up and just see how accurate this is. It's an intricate. I I mean the cedar shakes. Are yeah. Amazing. How long did that take you, the cedar shakes? Oh, the cedar shakes uh one day per pie. So it took me four days to do oh, the roof. Good. Oh, and probably a lot of patience, huh? Yeah, there's 400 shingles on there. 400, <laughs> you probably had have such a steady hand. Yeah, and you had these little teeny brad nails that you had to hammer in. So. Oh, little brad nails. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. And then I get a little teeny hammer oh, yeah. for the brads. Oh, yeah, perfect. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Yeah. That's my, my wife has this little tiny, like, uh, carrying toolkit that she has for, like, the house. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah We've got those little tiny hammers in it. It works out pretty good. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to check our levels real quick. Oh, yeah. Looks like we're, we're doing all right. Um, yeah, and then uh, I guess before we get we get too too deep into anything, you had a, a book here that you had been kind of lost for a little while, and you just rediscovered it? That yeah. You, I that d- you wrote. I uh, rediscovered it. I wrote it back in 1997 and 98, and I titled it uh, Saving Our Planet, Saving Ourselves. So that's the... Uh, there. cover and um i completely forgot about it and so when i looked at it i said oh that was written back in the 70s i mean the 9, 1997 and um that's the same year i wrote tarzan oh really so actually i wrote two books in in that tarzan same year right here, yeah. yeah flash that one up for the camera so uh, i said well that's maybe per- the writing's pretty good so i read this yeah. book and i said oh my gosh there's some good spots in this book. Yeah. But, uh, and you're going to share, share a little bit, right? Yeah, I'm going to share a little bit. It's, yeah. um, it's a book I might not ever get published, but, um, a little teaser if it does, though. A little teaser yeah. if it does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, this is me. The setting is going, uh, Indian Hill Lookout on the west side of the Selway Bitterroot Wilderness. This was written about a storm and, uh, about before the storm and after the storm, too. So, left alone on my mountain. I feel I feel the wind against my cheeks and yell out to all who can hear, I'm free. The sound of water greets my ears after the words echo off the bluffs in the head of Bluff Creek. A hawk cry from my red-tailed hawk friend circling above the lookout at my f- feet. A ground squirrel chirps out an alarm below the rock wall that some industrial lookout person built years ago to keep fire away from the tower. More water sounds, louder, louder this time. They mix with the wind that gets stronger as it bears down on the mountain from the west. Mountains upon mountains are stacked upon another like a series of gigantic green waves, ending in the Bitterroot Crest, a half a state of Idaho away. The Selway River snakes like a 50-mile-long python off to the north. The Selway Crag stands century above it, further to the north. A majestic island of gray, jagged ridges and peaks above the restive sea of green below it. The country drops off steeply off to the west 
at Meadow Creek, ushering the higher country snowmelt to the Selway confluence on its long journey to the Pacific. I close my eyes and breathe in the fresh mountain air, breathing and bringing the intoxicating evergreen snowmelt brew to my senses, make me realize how close to heaven I really am. The wind stops. The local Townsend Solitaire concert begins, her trills of joy going on and on, until it seems like some sort of magic act. She has so much breath in such a small body. The building cumulus out over got the Gospel Hump Wilderness is already 30,000 feet in groin. The skies are darkening. A deathly still settles in over the mountaintop. The Townsend Solitaire stops singing. The ground squirrels go hide in their mountaintop burrows, a low rumbling in the distance. The storm is being born. The, storms, the storm gains momentum, needle-thick flashes jabbing into the mountains, the rumbling getting louder, the thick layer of clouds extending to the ground in a torrent of rain. It's coming, slow but sure. A brief lull before the storm descends upon the mountaintop. The wind picks up. The tower starts to sway on its 41-foot legs. The shutters start to flap up and down. I retreat inside the single-pane protection of a lookout building. The wind gets stronger. The hawk takes cover in the bluffs on the lee side of the ridge. I close all the windows and the only door in the place. Judy is five hours away, safe at home in Montana. Sane decision. The war is about to begin, me against the elements. The towers takes a sudden gust out of the west, healing the lookout over with the first real wave of invisible fury. Then another one hits. The lantern sways above my head. I sway on top of my glass-insulated stool. Sweat builds on my forehead in my armpits. A storm marches closer, raining fire down from the sky, the million-volt firebrands searing the mountainsides in its deadly path. Starting fires the rain doesn't seem to have much effect on. Another huge gust of wind, the tower feeling like it's about to become a part of the ground. My body soon becomes glass shrapneled and crunched, scrunched under lookout wreckage. Day quickly turns into night. I feel like I'm in a hurricane. The torrential rains, the 100 mile an hour winds carrying the golf ball size hailstones that bang into my windows, sounding like a machine gun going off. The lightning crashing down from the heavens, sticking nearby fir trees and lodgepoles, blasting them apart, starting starting fires, flames licking at the black udders of the monstrous storm behemoth. A half hour of hell. Then as quickly as it started, it magically stops. The birds return, the ground squirrels, the sound of water in the head of Bluff Creek, the red-tailed hawk, my nerves. I spot the little columns of blue that infect the green that's with its residue of smoke. The fires are plotted and called in over the Forest Service radio. Then I return to the catwalk for the final treat, the reason I love storms on the mountain. The rainbows. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet fuse together over Bluff Creek, one end arching into the mouth of the stream, the other end stabbing into the bluffs at the head of the valley. The Townsend Solitaire starts its serenade again. The hawk circles higher above my head. Millions of water bead diamonds glisten from the perfectly shaped alpine fir trees that wrap the lookout clearing at my feet. I miss Judy, but I pretend she's here with me, sharing in the beauty, feeling the peace flow into our souls.
Oh, that's beautiful, John. Man, thanks a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a great little like uh, synopsis summary of the lookout experience. I think all in just a, you know a couple pages. Yeah, it right really there. is. It yeah. really is. That's what I go up there for. Is the storms after after you realize you're not gonna die. You're on a lightning stool. You're gonna, you're safe, and the door and the windows are closed. You're fine, but um, it's still scary as. Hell. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, like hell yeah. on earth, like you said. I mean, yeah. That, that big tower starts moving around. Oh, it's yeah. Like 40 some feet in the air, you know, like. Yeah, and I staff two lookouts uh, in the summer. I staff Indian Hill in uh, June as the opener. Yeah. And then I staff uh, Sundance Lookout in northern Idaho in um, August, September, and a little bit of October. Oh, that's and um, incredibly, the winds at Sundance are so much stronger than the winds at Indian Hill. Oh, really? Huh. Except in storms. Some of the uh, Indian Hill storms uh, brings really high winds. But Sundance, it's just like... It's just like an exclamation point of winds. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, however the topography lines up just funnels it right at that. Yeah. When I don't get bad winds out of the west on Sundance, whereas at Indian Hill, I do. That's where my big winds come from on Indian Hill. But uh, at Sundance, they come out of the north. Oh, that's, yeah, that's kind of strange because yeah, most of us get our weather out of the west. You but know? they, if you hear the storm, the winds are coming out of the north at Sundance. Uh, that means they're coming right over the Selkirk Crest. Oh yeah, and they just slam right in the Sundance. Dang man, yeah, that it's that big. wind it, it roars like there's there's a, like like you described in your uh, little excerpt there. It's, like it's loud. Like it's not like oh, yeah. a little breeze, you know. It is loud. Yeah. One time at Sundance, uh, in fact, one of the scariest things that ever happened to me on lookout was um, on Sundance during a big storm, a windstorm coming off of the Selkirks, and I said, "Oh, this can't be that bad," but it was bad. That was that bad. And I, I would say those winds were well over 100 miles an hour. Holy cow! And that'll blow you over. You're standing. Oh yeah. You know? But luckily, just luckily, I. I prayed. I prayed to God. I said, please have this tower stand up and not fall over. And uh, I thought it was going to be going over any minute. Oh, I bet. But I was looking. Everything was shaking. The uh, fire extinguisher was hanging from the wall, was shaking back and forth. The water in the tea kettle was splashing out the top. Holy cow. It was just unreal. That is unreal. And the railing, which is really stout, it's two by six material. You can't even move it. It was fluttering like a leaf. Whoa, that's a, that's powerful. Yeah, that's, really that shows powerful. how powerful Mother Nature is right there. Yeah. You know? So the winds up at Sundance, I'm really afraid of. Indian yeah. Hills winds are not quite as bad, but uh, they they do uh, approach 100 miles an hour at times. Yeah, that's a yeah. lot. You can't. You don't want to be outside in that. No, that's for sure. Yeah. The uh, yeah. So Sundance. What year was that one built? Do you know? Uh Sundance. Uh, they they first started that lookout, and I had it done. I think 1928. And they just had a like a tent camp up there. Oh, cool! And just an alligator in the rocks. Yeah, yeah. And then after a while, they they built a lookout. I think it was in the 30s. Oh. And not 100 percent sure if it was the 30s, but that lookout lasted until about 1981. Oh, really? And then that the rot uh, claimed that one. Oh. And then they built the one that's up there now. Oh, gotcha. So it's still been up there for a while. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it's, it's been up there for a while. Yeah. So that's what I was kind of trying to get at is that like some of these lookouts have been up there for a long time. And oh, getting yeah. Beat with that kind of wind force, you know, year after year, and it's it's amazing how they stand and and withstand the oh, power of yeah, that is like for that. sure. Yeah. And, Another thing I was going to talk about, like, just that little excerpt you had there was how descriptive it was. And just, like, the Tarzan book I just got done reading of yours that we had in our uh, Idaho look or no, uh, lookout 
book club is called. Oh but, yeah. Idaho Fire Lookout. So, uh, and just, man, I mean, the, when I was reading your Tarzan book, the, the descript it's so descriptive. And I guess maybe being a wildland firefighter for like 16 years, I, uh, you know, I, I have a, a lot of slides of being outdoors in the weather and, you know, and, and just hiking around the mountains and reading Tarzan, I could just picture everything you're describing in there. So that's why one of the reasons why I enjoyed the book so much is that your writing is, is so descriptive and it just flows very well. So it just, it's, it's like, it's like you're with Tarzan or Ernie Bond, you know, the whole yeah. time, which I think is incredible. Well, that's neat. You got, you really got, uh, you know, that book is that much. Yeah. I got a lot yeah. out of it. Yeah. Got, got a lot out of it. And especially like, um, you know, it's kind of a quick read. So the amount of information you're able to get in just a little over a hundred pages is amazing. Oh you know? yeah. I, I wrote that book up at Indian Hill in 1997 oh, yeah. after interviewing Ernie for a couple different weekends and um it was just like i said in the book i was afraid to knock on his door for about 20 years yeah. <laughs> the guy yeah. was he was built bigger than life according to everybody around him yeah well in the pictures too that you put in there you can see it too yeah. you know holy <laughs> he cow he's a, yeah he's the one he's holding a little girl and he, he oh yeah his hands oh i know yeah he's yeah a big boy and i never found out who that little girl was yeah, i was i was curious after you said that in the book you know i read that you know unknown at this point like, yeah i wonder who you know? Yeah, I have no clue. I I was really hoping to find a relative of his who could have told me, but I never. I I did have. Uh, I I think I had uh, some contact. Uh, yeah, I did have some contact with one of his relatives, and um, but I never asked that question, so I don't know who that little girl was. Yeah, yeah, yeah wondering. And I was, when I was kind of thinking about Ernie too, after what well, I had known, I'd seen the picture of this of uh, Indian Hill uh, replica you built here. Um, I think you sent me a picture of it, or at the FFLA Forest Fire Lookout Association, right? Yeah, yeah. I took, I had it up there. Oh, that's yeah, that's where I saw it first. And uh, yeah, so I was thinking about you when I was reading the book about you know uh, Tarzan building the Otter Butte Lookout. I was like, oh yeah, I was like, man, you know, like you guys are pretty similar in that way, like building a lookout tower, you know. Like, that's right. Yeah, yeah. very cool. Because I mean, look, you can see how much it takes. Holy cow. But nothing like what Ernie did or Tarzan. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Pretty much raising that tower all by himself. That's incredible. I don't know how he did it. I don't either. Of yeah. course, I had the description. But, yeah, you uh, did, yeah. And you I, picture him being there, but it's like, I was putting myself in his shoes. It's like, I don't know if I would have got it done. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, Just putting the gin pole in the ground. Yeah. I mean, that must have been pretty heavy. Yeah, it must have To lift been. the tower. Yeah. And... And there's some other like feats of strength that you talked in that book. It was just like, man, what an incredible fellow. Oh, yeah, yeah he sure was. I don't want to give too much away for folks so That's they right. can read it. Yeah, <laughs> check it out. It's a great read. Um, and then what, what year did you start in Indian Hill then? I started in Indian Hill at, at Indian Hill in 1974 with uh, my wife, Judy. And yeah. uh, we came west with our little cat, our big cat, actually, uh, Fritz. Yeah. He looked like a little bobcat. Oh, really? And, um, he yeah, that's... He could hold his own then, you know? <laughs> and that's how the book starts by... Yeah. Uh, lookout book which that's this is the latest book i've had oh above it all above it all yeah oh beautiful and that book it starts out i won't give too much away but yeah, yeah. uh starts out with uh judy fritz and i at the uh front of the fen ranger station uh, ranger uh helipad oh, yeah. and uh we had all our stuff boxed up and ready to go and um it ended up it, it didn't go quite as smooth as we had hoped oh, really? <laughs> yeah really? fritz decided he was in a pillow uh pillowcase and on Judy's lap, and as soon as the pilot uh, started the engines, oh man, he just ripped out of that pillowcase and took off for the ranger station. The pilot opened the door and he took off. Oh no! And um, I'll never forget. Had, what's that? I had to gather Fritz back up. There. Had to gather. Yeah, he. Somebody opened the door of the ranger station, so he flew in oh. the station, went down the stairs, 
and then he was down in the break room down in the basement oh. and uh so i i got him from the his hiding spot down there and got him back into it this time a box a cardboard box oh yeah and uh, that somebody gave us oh good so and he made the trip then oh good yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah just yeah just need a little bit more solitary confinement yeah. is all but uh the pilot gave me a little words of encouragement to keep him in that box because he said you know if that cat gets out of that box while we're in the air, he's going for a flight without a parachute. Oh, yeah. Yeah, give you a little more incentive to keep yeah, A little more incentive yeah. to keep in that box. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, Fritz made her just safe and sound. Then, huh? Yeah. But we made it. And uh, Judy and I were the Indian Hill lookouts for – we were a fire lookout team. Um, when there were fires close by the lookout, that was during the era where uh, – uh, the lookout would fight their own fires. And so oh, I fought my own fires around the lookout. Dang, John. Yeah. That's and, incredible. And then Judy would take over the lookout. Yeah. So we were kind of a team up there. Oh, it's very cool. Yeah, one of the first fire uh, movies I ever saw, it was in my first guard school. I think it was the first guard school, Refresher, one of the two. And um, you've probably seen the whole black and white uh, movie. Did you ever see that one? Where they're just describing like, lookout duties and, and firefighting in the West. And it's a, it's a couple. They might have a kiddo in that one. It's kind of the same deal. So, like, a big a big storm comes through, a bunch of lightning, and a few starts happening, and the lookout goes out and fights the fire. His wife packs some uh, lunch and stuff, and then she takes over the tower duties. Right. It's yeah. very cool, yeah. So oh. that's cool that you did it, because one of the first fire movies I ever saw was, was that. So. Well, it's interesting. The last year Judy was up on Indian Hill, at least for any uh, period, period of time, over uh, a week. She did come up in, in 2007 for a week. Yeah. But uh, 1994, that was a quite a year i mean um there was a huge storm just centered right over indian hill and started all these fires in bluff creek which is just off to my east oh. and i had to go fight um one of them while judy uh, staffed the tower dang so that was that was the last time she was up on the lookout for any length of time that's gonna be that's gonna be a little interesting and nerve-wracking for her you know oh yeah her, no kidding she's up there watching you go out and battle the the beasts you know out there <laughs> <laughs> and that was kind of neat because um there were some fires that died back down, and there was quite a number of fires in Bluff Creek. And so I did, I didn't flag them all, but I flagged uh, a couple of them to the trail oh, yeah. so that the firefighters could find it. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> and that's what I do uh, after we get a storm over Indian Hill. I would always carry uh, a roll of ribbon, you know, flagging tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, every time I go for water or just go for a hike and I smell s- smoke, I'd follow it to its source and flag it out to the trail. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, so but, I found a lot of fires like that. Yeah, that's, and man, for a fire crew coming in, that's got to be like life-saving because, I mean, you've probably been out there where you, oh, you're catching yeah. whiffs and it takes you so long to find it because you're like, man, I can smell it, but I don't know where it is. You right. Know, it's just puffing a little bit. Right. Yeah, and man, it's amazing how, how uh, like, pungent, I guess, or how strong a little bit of smoke will be. Like, Oh, you, yeah. You know, like, you catch a whiff of it, and it could be a long ways off, and then... You, you lose it, you know, because it's yeah. not puffing up anymore. And, yeah, right. Yeah, and you got to be a real detective to find it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. So that's, man, another part of the lookout experience, which is, is so cool. You know, folks are interested in, in doing that kind of lookout yeah. you know, duty. Um, and that's One, gonna, one time, I actually found a fire that I could just smell it. And I walked it out, and I followed it to its source and flagged it to the trail, yeah. uh, Trail 6021 down in Otter Creek. Anyhow... I called it in because I knew it was there because it was yeah. still smoldering. But the smoke jumper plane, when they got over it, they couldn't see it oh, yeah. from the air. Yeah. And I told them, I guarantee it's still going because I was just down there. Yeah. Anyhow, I said I got it flagged to the trail. 
I said, if you find the trail, I mean, find the flag and you'll find the fire. Yeah. And so they said, we normally don't jump on fires we can't see, but we're going to trust you on this one. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, so so awesome. they ended up jumping on it and they found the flagging upon the fire. Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up too. There's, there's a really long standing and great relationship that the you know lookouts have with the smoke jumpers, you know, because when I was a smoke jumper, um, similar story, especially going to Bob, like once, and, and you, especially longtime lookouts like yourself, John, you you're not wrong. You've seen, you've been up there long enough to know what's the difference between like, so like a water dog is a, is mist. It's uh it's steam pretty much. Oh, yeah. rocks typically. And it can really look like smoke. It sure can. Yeah. But if you're experienced lookout like yourself, you, you've, you've seen enough water dogs, enough fire in your day where you can depict the difference and have the patience to wait to make sure it's a fire. So as a smoke jumper, like I was, uh, and I usually wasn't making the call cause I was low on the totem pole, but like, you know, we, we'd send the plane, no matter what, you know, because it was like, man, we, we've we worked with these lookouts for a long enough time that we mm-hmm. know them very well, and they've never been wrong. So, like you said, go trust them, and you know, they oh, yeah. it and found the fire, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Then a lot of times I like to uh, really watch where their gear – I watch, obviously, where they jumped. Yeah, yeah. But I'd watch where their gear landed. Oh, yeah. And a lot of times these jumpers couldn't find their gear. Yeah. So I'd line them out on where to find their gear, so I helped them that way, too. Oh, that's huge. Yeah, because yeah. I've been on a few of those, too, because, you know, it, there's no control in that parachute. Oh, yeah. You know, it can kind of go wherever. And Yeah. One, one of my one of my last fires, we lost a few into the fire because the wind switched. Oh, so they were going into the jump spot, and they just kind of – and it's funny. You, you just see, like, a little bit of, like, a puff of wind just kind of poof into the, into, yeah. the, into the fire. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and it's like oh, no. over a mile away. So you can't just run over there and grab the box out of the fire. So it's like, just lost a food box, you know, and oh. I don't have a couple more. But oh, gee, yeah, but all, you know, all part of the you know experience of the wildland world, you know. Oh yeah, and that relationship. And I think people, I'm glad you brought that up too, John, because that's the reason why, like, I started this podcast is to talk about you and other lookouts and the the importance of having lookouts out there because. You know, there for a while, the big push was aerial detection by plane or helicopter, and that's okay, but, like, having someone who actually lives in the woods and spends their time out there and, and watches the weather and can watch a what could be a potential start, you know, and, and have eyes on it 24-7 versus oh, yeah. a, a flyby in a plane, right. you know? Yeah. And, and like you said, I mean, like, the smoke trooper plane couldn't see it, and we orbit, or at least when I was smoke trooper, we'd orbit really low, like, pretty pretty low to the ground, you know? Mm-hmm. and. And a lot of times aerial detection is quite a bit higher than us, unless they do have an idea of where one is, and they'll they'll do a few laps around it oh, at a lower right. altitude. But I mean, it, like I said, it's it's so hard to see, especially if it's staying kind of more on the ground and, and dissipating real fast. Oh you know? right, yeah. yeah, man. So yeah, it's such an important job, and I I hope lookouts never go away. Oh, yeah. me too. <laughs> yeah, it's so amazing and. Yeah, it's kind of the retirement gig for me, so I really don't want them to go away. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You you could be a yeah be be a lookout. That's what I'm hoping to do someday. Yeah. So it's kind of the plan. Well, in two years, I'll get to my 50th year. 50th year? Yeah. Oh, congratulations, John. That's Thank awesome. you. I'm at 48 and counting. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, my friend, Reen. Did you ever meet Reen Eustace? Uh, uh, I've, I've heard of him, and I've seen his stuff in the Lookout uh, Network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he's involved with it, too. And, yeah, he just uh, refreshed, so he's on his 49th season. So you guys 49? Are, yeah, you guys are right there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's, he's that's, beating me. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, just by a little bit, though. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, you might catch him because, you know, who knows how long he's going to keep going. Oh, yeah. I think he's going to keep going as, you know, as long as he can do it. So, Which is great, you know, with the fire world is you can still be a part of it, you know, up until your later years, you know, because – you find like lookout because he does uh, volunteer at Salmon uh, Lookout. You ever been over there? Uh, up the, I've never been there. Yeah, it's up no. the uh, West Fork. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, yeah, not too far. Actually, it's pretty close to Elk City, kind of. 
Yeah, I can see Salmon Mountain from Indian Hill. Really? Oh, yeah. Man, that's so cool. I was kind of wondering. I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask you because I was looking at the map in your Tarzan book, which is awesome, by the way. Oh, and I was thank like, you. It's really close to Salmon and Spot Mountain and stuff. Can, can you guys talk? Do you guys have the same uh, uh, radio frequency? You know, it's really interesting. Um, in my lookout book, uh, my lookout my memoir, yeah. Above It All, uh, I do write about listening in on their conversations. Oh, cool. They had kind of a, a in the old days at least, they had kind of a chat session during the day. Yeah. And, you know, it was just so neat just to hear what's going on on the uh, south of the Salmon River, you know, yeah, those lookouts yeah. on the Payette Forest. Yeah. And so I'd, I'd hear Sheep Eater and Pilot Peak and War Eagle and Williams Peak. Oh, Carry Dome. I'd hear them all, you know. Very cool. And I just listened in and just, I, it was so neat to do. And when we first started as lookouts in the 70s and then, of course, the 80s, they did have a breeze session at night. Oh, really? For, from the Nest Purse National Forest. Oh. So that was monitored by Sheep Hill Lookout. Oh. And we, and we got a whole hour and you talked for about five minutes and then you gave somebody else a chance. But that was really neat. Yeah. In the old days, just listening to those conversations. That's very stuff. cool. Yeah, little check-ins. When I was on a fire in the Bob Marshall in 2015, kind of same deal, you know, because uh, I had the local frequencies for talking to lookouts and stuff on that fire. And, and like you said, every evening they'd have a check-in. And even just like little things they were talking about, you know, about their day and stuff. Oh, yeah. Really, really neat. Yeah, that really is neat to listen to hear and stuff like this. Just trading notes with other lookouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so too, and uh, you know, it kind of helps uh, probably keep you from getting too lonely too. Because I imagine it's got to get a little bit lonely up there being by yourself. Yeah, it, uh, it. Well, actually, you know, I was telling somebody the other day. You know, I um, <laughs> most of the time I don't get lonely on on the lookouts on mm-hmm. my lookouts. Enough to do. Uh, there's enough to do. The only times I get a little bit lonely is when. I'm fogged in for days, oh, and yeah. you can't see anything. And of course, no one's coming up there to look at the view. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so you're not getting any visitors coming up. Yeah. And it's uh, then I get it's a little. There's nothing to watch for. You can't watch for any fires. Yeah. So um, you do a lot of reading, but then I do get a little lonely. Yeah, I can <laughs> yeah. imagine that. Yeah, and, and uh, man, yeah, I can I can imagine myself at least being a little cabin feverish with with the fog coming in. Oh and yeah. for a little bit. That that's tough on me. Yes, yeah, I can see that for me too. Because when I was in the Bob Marshall and Gates Park, where you know we were just staying at the what used to be the old like uh, kind of entrance to the Bob and its own little district, I think. Um, and we had the same thing with a couple of days of socked in. Oh yeah. And, uh, so I just, you know, spent all day reading book, and we go out and we send one person out a little bit just to do a quick update on the fire because it's a giant fire. And, but other than that, I mean, you don't want people out there just getting soaked, you know? Oh so yeah, no come back kidding. In. Yes, but same deal. Like I was getting a little restless, you know, for those days. But yeah, the other time I get a little lonely, uh, and uh, that's when I get not fogged in, but smoked in. Oh yeah. Or I can't see, but a ha- maybe a quarter mile. Yeah. <laughs> and that happens at times. Dang. And uh, and so then obviously no one's coming up to visit you. Yeah. So um, man. That, and that's a good point too, John. I'm glad you brought that up too, because I was talking to my friends this morning who I started fire with in uh, in Whitehall, and he was saying the current snowpack is similar to uh, 1988 uh, with oh, the big gee. Yellowstone fire, you know, yeah. and, and then 01 we had all those other big fires. So he's like, unless things change, you know, right now it might be a pretty uh, pretty interesting summer, pretty intense oh for fires at least. Yeah, I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little nervous about the fire potential for the fire season. Yeah, same. Yeah. You know, like I. I've been getting kind of out of fire, so I've been 
not as uh, up on it, but yeah, especially when I was, uh, you know, more active in fire and smoke jumping and stuff, I'd be like, especially because the smoke jumping kind of go all over, so it's like, oh man, oh yeah, you know, like if any region's in a bit of a drought, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, looks like I'm being California a bunch this summer, yeah, which is usually pretty accurate. You end up where where the drought was, you know, and just too dry and all the you know lightning just yeah. has to come along and oh yeah yeah and before i get to uh i keep looking at your other tower here uh the one you brought up earlier that you're building for fen ranger station yeah and that one is uh is that one gonna be similar to indian hill here? it's gonna be exactly the same oh gotcha it's just made out of different wood this was built out of spruce oh yeah and that's a uh, doug fir oh doug fir oh yes yeah. nice. that's awesome and i kind of like the doug fir better because it has that pinkish hue to it yeah it's a little more color huh yeah, a little more color yeah a little more of a local wood too being doug fir huh yeah and now uh, indian this one of indian hill has doug fir on the siding yeah and on the shutters oh beautiful you can and see the difference you can really see a difference and yeah. i like that color better so i went with all that doug fir on the on the other tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can definitely notice it. Oh, it looks yeah. wonderful. And and Fen is Fen's not an active district anymore. It's more yeah, that, well, it, it is. Oh, it's that's the Moose Creek uh, Ranger District. Oh, Moose Creek. Oh, yeah, Moose gotcha. Creek. I've heard that was just beautiful. I've oh, it really is. Yeah, that's a. Uh... Can you drive to it? Do you have to fly well, and hike in? Uh, actually, uh, Moose Creek Ranger Station itself, you have to take a horse or, or hike in or fly in. Oh, gotcha. And but the Ranger Station outside of. Uh, the uh, wilderness is at Fen Ranger Station. Oh, gotcha. And so that's five miles from Lowell, Idaho. Oh, right gotcha. on the Selway River. So you can drive right to it. Yeah, I know. Because uh, I was curious about it. Because the only the first time I really heard about any anything going on uh, operationally there was uh, the visitor center. I think. Yeah. They were looking for someone to staff it a few days last year because uh, the person was either going on vacation or sick. Oh yeah. So, and th- and that's probably where your tower's going, huh? Yeah, that's where your tower's going. Oh, beautiful. I heard it's amazing. I've never been. Yeah, it's really a beautiful visitor center. Yeah. And there's a little bit of an interpretive display that has my picture on it. Oh, really? Yeah, so they're going to put it right by it. Oh, that'd be bird. <laughs> yeah, man. Whenever I get to, I'm going to try to make it this summer. So when I get there, you, oh, your tower will probably be there this summer, huh? Oh, yeah. I'll have it there hopefully by uh, the beginning of May. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, I'll have to go check it out. Maybe take my take a picture of myself with, with your picture. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll send it to you. Yeah, that picture of me is uh, I'm up at Indian Hill. Oh really? With the firefinder, I think it's with the firefinder up there. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, oh, yeah firefinder. So, that, uh, man, I had another question, and that's just kind of how my brain goes. So these, these so apologies, but the my podcast kind of going all over. I like, like this. Yeah. All right. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, because I'll, I'll remember stuff. I was like, oh yeah, I was gonna bring that up too. Um, so the first time you hiked to Otter Butte, where uh, Tarzan was uh, built his tower, did you say there was still a firefinder? Or Alidade was still there. Oh, uh, that I, I. Th- thought there was oh gotcha from but uh when i wrote the book in 1997 i reflected back uh into my memory banks uh from 19 was it 78 i thought that was that i hiked over there oh yeah and i thought i saw it but um uh i'm not 100 percent sure oh gotcha but uh i would think you you know seeing you got the tower pretty much completed that it would have been there yeah, that's what i was thinking yeah. too yeah it's like oh very cool yeah because i'm i'm gonna try to get up there i don't know if i'll make it this summer but one of these days just because oh like, neat yeah just the pictures and the and the way you described it, i was like oh, i'd like to go see that and, and after reading the book too you know well, when you go up there you'll find it's amazing i didn't put this in the book but he amazingly built two concrete steps for the bottom of oh, the stairway what a handy guy so there's two concrete steps there. <laughs> oh man, I can't. And he was like 27 years old, I think, when he built that. Oh uh, boy, I can't remember his age. He was in his young, about mid 20s. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. like 
and I, you know, reflecting on myself, I'm 38 now. So it's like, man, I would have a hard time with it now with just the abilities I've learned, just, you know, working on my house and my dad's a carpenter. So like I've a little bit handy with a, not very handy. I, I can, I can run a hammer, I guess is what I can say, <laughs> but I know which end to hit, but, uh, barely. And, uh, but like, I mean, to think about all he was doing and like you said, in his mid twenties, you know, raising a tower, building those concrete steps. Oh and, yeah. And then all the uh, trim work inside, you know, like did all the cabinets and everything too, right? And, yeah. And I'm not too sure the extent of it because yeah. his memory was kind of foggy oh, and there's right. no unfortunately no picture of the tower completed oh dang so what i liked about your book is that you did one that was uh, a replica or like right a, uh yeah same same tower. It's the same tower yeah. but it was a different site yeah so it's exactly what he built very cool yeah very cool. I, yeah i can't recommend your book enough john i think it's pretty oh, so right. anyone listening yeah check out tarzan you can find it on amazon right i think well. yeah that's on yeah. amazon my lookout book is is not on amazon no, oh how do yeah. people how do people get that one then uh, contact you or you can you can get it at the book exchange Barnes Barnes and in Missoula and uh Barnes and Noble oh perfect and um fact and fiction oh awesome yeah I love Barnes and Noble that that's great yeah that yeah I did a book signing at Barnes and Noble so that oh you did yeah oh that's wonderful I go in there about every two weeks and restock them with books oh beautiful yeah so and then the, you, have, you have three books out then or uh well I had three books out but um the first book First book I had out um, was called uh, Lewis and Clark and Me, oh, yeah. and that's uh, me following the Lewis and Clark Trail through the Lolo Valley, and that was a real interesting uh, adventure. I started yeah. at Traveler's Rest State Park, and I just um, noticed I found the trail. I literally really? found the trail. Yeah. Probably wasn't much left of it, huh? Uh, in spots, there's quite a trench. Oh, really? Yeah. From all the, probably all the traffic from, from back all, It's actually an old Indian path. Oh, that's what I heard, yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, Lewis and Clark just used it, following, following uh, the guide Toby, old Toby, oh, yeah, yeah. who guided him through. He's an old Shoshone guide, and he guided him through the uh, Lolo Valley and all the way to the Weehawk Prairie. Wow, very yeah. cool. Holy cow. That's so, amazing. So that book, uh, uh, I'm pretty much sold out. only have three more copies. So. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Thanks. So yeah, if you want it, you better, <laughs> you better yeah. jump on it. That, that book, I'm just, I, I kind of like, and then I... Then I did write a sequel to that book. Oh, really? Yeah. That was called Lewis and Clark and Me. Then I had a sequel, Lewis and Clark and Me 2. Oh, yeah. You know, just a numeral yeah. 2. Yeah. And then um, then I took that second book from where I left off in the first book at um, just out of Paul Ranger Station. Oh, yeah. And uh, I kept going all the way to Weipe. Oh, really? And uh, unfortunately, I got that book out a little bit too early. There was too many edits that I didn't catch. Oh, and dang. we had to pull the book from the shelves. And right now, I'm retyping that book up and fixing all the edits. And that I plan to have out um, a year from this summer. A year from the summer. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, look out for that one for sure for anyone who's listening. And then this summer's, I got an adventure book coming out. Oh, really? Yeah, it's called Adventure Awaits. And it's a book about my adventures in kayaking, canoeing, mountain biking, mountain climbing snowshoeing and uh, it's even got a sailing story oh really yeah oh wow a sailing story you said a sailing story oh, yeah sailing. oh gotcha a, a sailing uh it's uh of a race my dad was in in the 1980s across lake michigan oh wow in the middle of the night oh wow oh my god that is a scary story I, that's a scary lake people don't know but that could be just as nasty as the ocean oh yeah yeah and he got caught in a what he called a beam reach where the wind was coming at his side and in the middle of the night, he was running a spinnaker, that big sail in the front of the boat to catch the, the tailwinds. Yeah. And that wind took almost took him to the bottom of that lake. Oh, I bet. Yeah, because it caught from the side probably. Caught from the side, over. and that spinnaker hit the water. It was filling with water, oh. and he, they were about to go over. 
and they, luckily he 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 just uh, had the knowledge to sell him to cut the halyards, and they cut the halyards and and got released the water from that uh, sail. Holy cow! But uh, he almost died in that one. Yeah, I was gonna say he probably had seconds to make that decision. Oh, he had seconds, like, yeah. yeah. And plus, the water was getting in the galley. Oh, really? And they they didn't get all the boards up. Oh. And while we were starting to get in the galley, that would have taken the boat down. Oh, for sure. With the five thousand pound keel, oh, <laughs> that would have really thousand. taken it down oh, fast. Yeah, yeah. Those are made of lead, aren't they? Usually the big keels. Yeah, off the bottom. Made of lead, five thousand yeah. pounds. Jeez. Nothing's gonna keep that sailboat up. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. Holy cow! What a story. Oh yeah, that story is a good. I love that story. I like all the first story I got in that book is a of a snowshoe trip I took in. Uh, 1976, mm-hmm. up the Selway past Moose Creek, and we snowshoed. Um, my buddy was on bushwhacker skis. I was on snowshoes. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, we went 100 miles in 10 days. That's a long way on snowshoes. Yeah, it was pretty far. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was it was kind of interesting. Everything was going really pretty good until we got to East Moose Creek, way back beyond uh, Moose Creek itself, the Moose Creek Ranger Station. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the temperatures just dropped like a rock. Whoa. Oh my God, it got so cold. It was well below 20 below, I'm sure. Holy we God. didn't have a thermometer. Yeah, yeah. But what was happening, our breath was causing condensation on the roof, on the ceiling of our tent, causing crystals. And any time you, every time you hit the side of the tent, it would snow on you in the oh. tent. Oh, wow. So we were getting snowed on all the time <laughs> in the tent. Yeah, I could probably, get, probably couldn't get away from it. We couldn't get away from it. And yeah. our fires we built at night ended up about five feet down. Oh, from all the snow? <laughs> all the snow. It just oh. melted it down. Oh, wow. Man, and our water bottles different. were frozen. Dang. Oh, my God. It was it was a tough trip. Yeah, not too many people have been out in the weather like that and no. survived. <laughs> so. well, that's the first story in that book. Oh, that's awesome. And that's coming out this summer. Coming out this summer. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, you, you probably don't have a release date yet. I don't have a release that. date. But um, you'll just text me when you do, and I'll I'll put it out on the socials. And, all right. Yeah. Stone Eagle Stone Eagle Press out of Stevensville is publishing it. Oh yeah, I was, I was read that about the Tarzan book too, man. Yeah. What a great spot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they published all my books. So. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Now, I'll have to pick your brain. I'm actually working on a, a kids book. Uh, it's a Christmas book that I've been working on. Oh, I'll, neat. I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to pick your brain out later on. But I was when I saw that. Uh, um, what what's your name? What was the name of the one there in uh, Stevensville again? The Stone Needle Press, Stone Needle pub- yeah. Publishing Company. Yeah, I'll have to because I was gonna maybe reach out to them once. I, oh, reach out to Rachel. Oh, she's great to work with. Oh, really? Oh, oh very yeah. cool. Yeah, because yeah, this idea for this kids book for a long time and and uh, kind of goes along the track of lookouts and stuff. I'll, I'll tell you a bit bit about it. Stone Needle's done a lot of kids books. Oh, really? They oh, have. Man, yeah, very cool. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, maybe I'll, yeah, I'll pick her brain on some stuff too. Then, man. Yeah, so I got it. Uh, I had the Tarzan book out. Tarzan book come out two years ago, yeah. then the Lookout book came out in August, and then my adventure book's coming out this summer, and then the um, Lucy Clark and Me book, the sequel, is coming out the summer after that. Oh, very awesome. How long does it take? I mean, you're cranking books out pretty quick, John. Yeah, once a year. You? Oh, very cool. But that's just lately. Before, it wasn't that often, but... Yeah, I was going to say, it'd probably take me a while to... Yeah. Even like a kid's book, which is short, you know, I mean, I don't know, average like... I think the kids' books I've read like ten to twenty pages, maybe you know, and most oh. of their pictures. <laughs> you know, oh, so yeah. like, you know, it'll probably take me a while, but well, I'd, I'd like to write a lookout book for kids. Yeah, that'd be that great. would be a neat book. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah if you get some time, I'd, definitely. Because I, w- I would like to get, I get it for my kiddos, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be great. You know, and then it gets people interested in the outdoors at a young age. You know, it's kind of my yeah, that's for it. sure. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, we can't. For me, like, can't get enough of the outdoors for anybody, you know, like oh, myself I... and other people. And that's part of the reason why I do this is to 
build, you know, the, uh, interest for like Indian Hill, Otter Butte, go check out those sites, you know, that Lewis and Clark and me, you know, following the old trail. Like, oh yeah. Anybody can get out there and do that, you know? And what I did to find the trail, I looked for the peeled trees. Oh really? What they were, were what the Indians would do or Native Americans, they'd, uh, take hatchets or knives and they'd scar one side of the tree down to the base, maybe as high, high as they could reach. Oh really? And they do it just in kind of an oval or something and they that they eat or chew on the inner cambium layer for nourishment oh. kind of like gum oh really yeah yeah hers kind of a sweet flavor to it yeah and if you find these these peel trays are all over along this trail oh no way so if you find the peel trees you'll find the trail and you're in the right path too if you that's if you right the trail right so the peel trees are culturally culturally altered trees that's their technical term oh, but uh, if you find them you can find the trail. Oh, very cool. That's really neat. And yeah. I had so much fun finding those trees. Yeah, that is so cool. Man, yeah, the reassurance that you're, you're going the right way for sure. Yeah. Man, how, how long did you hike then in, in the uh, Lewis Clark and me? Oh, I did that, I think it was about 16 days. And then um, the second um, trip from uh, Snowbank Camp above Powell yeah. to We, I took about, I think that was six days. And oh, man, of the two books, the second one is off the charts, uh, really? a lot better than the first. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And unfortunately, it had too many editing problems. We had to pull out the shelves. But it's coming out in a year from the summer. And I think, in a way, it's one of my best books. Really? It, oh, yeah. It's got the best ending to any book you ever read. Really? <laughs> it does. Oh, it has that's a great awesome, ending. John. Oh. And it's got a lot, of, a lot of neat things in it. A lot of, I found some camps that most people would never have found. Yeah. And uh, Lewis and Clark camps. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Like... um. Um, Lonesome Cove Camp. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that one was really tough. It's right off the of Indian Post Office. Have you ever heard of that place? Uh, no. I I just I just learned a few years ago what Indian Post Office is. But you can, if you want to explain that. Yeah, Indian Post Office is just a bunch of cairns off the uh, Lola Motorway or the Lewiston Park Trail, or the the Indian Path, which is called the Trail to the Nest Purse for the Salish Indians, oh, or the Trail to the Buffalo. For the Nesper Indians, oh, really? so they kept going back and forth. Yeah, yeah. And the uh, Native Americans will leave beads or some sort of way to message people coming behind them in the rock cairns. Oh yeah. And so it was a message service, is at those uh, rock cairns at Indian Post Office. Oh, very cool. And the Lonesome Cove Camp is about a mile and a half away from that. Indian Post Office, and it's really hard to find. Oh, really? But once you, you get down there, and I hunted and I hunted and I hunted, I did find traces of the old trail, yeah. and I went right to their Lonesome Cove camp, oh. which is perfectly described in the Lewis and Clark journals. Really? So when you read the journals, it describes the site perfectly. So did you read the journals then before you left? So oh, yeah. You for? Oh, yeah. That makes sense. And That's I took cool. the journals along with me, too. Oh, smart. Yeah. Man, very good. So when you when you came up on, you said Lonesome Cove? Lonesome, Lonesome Cove camp. Yeah, and you, you so you could tell, like, this this is exactly what You could tell. They about. described it perfectly uh, in the journals, uh, uh, related exactly to what I was seeing. And then it talked about where they got their water, where they drank from. Yeah. And they called them drains. Oh, and I found their drain or their spring, and um, it was like a little spring with a little bit of water coming down, 
I drank the, from the same water source that they did. Oh, that's so cool. That was the neatest experience I ever had on that trail. Yeah, and how many people could say that? Oh, no, you know? kidding. Yeah, I don't think too many people can say that, you know. And anybody to try to find that, it's next to impossible to find. Oh, I bet. It's really hard to find. Especially now, probably, because how long has it been since you were back there? That was in 2004. Yeah, I mean, so 20 years about now. and Yeah, a lot more brushes growing. That's, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, it grows so fast in oh, any yeah. kind of area that has water, too. So so that was my neatest campsite find on that trail. Oh, very cool. I did try to find the, the trails down in Hungry Creek, but um, uh, I, I just couldn't find them. They, they were elusive to me. Yeah, too overgrown probably. But I, yeah, I got brushed out. I just literally too much brush, and I couldn't get through it. Just a oh. big wall of brush. So I was kind of wondering because you know some of those trails that went through like some of the bottom line, like in the Selway or or in the West Fork. It's like, man, who was? There's no way anyone was walking through there. You oh know? yeah, no kidding. Yeah, because like the Magruder Massacre it came down into the bottom of the drainage, I think at some point, and then back up on the ridge where the massacre happened. It's like, man, that had to be gnarly getting through that bottom of that drainage. You know? Oh yeah. With all that overgrowth and stuff. You know? And yeah, that is for sure. But I guess they probably were on it enough, and enough people going on, so they probably kept it pretty clear. I imagine. I guess. But, yeah. One of the scariest things on that second journey that the book's coming out in a year and a half, um, I was going way down off of Willow Ridge trying to find their Hungry Creek camp, yeah, yeah. Uh, William Clark's Hungry Creek camp in Hungry Creek. And I got way down in there, and I found it was a, it was really, it scared the living daylights out of me. But I found a grave. Oh, whoa. Uh, it, it looked like it wasn't that, uh, it looked like fairly recent. Oh, really? It was stones piled up about six feet about the size of a body yeah and it had the name bonnie at the head of the grave oh and it had a boot sticking out of it oh man (laughs) yeah that sounds like a body to me (laughs) six feet with the boot sticking out oh my gosh I didn't pull on the boot. No, I wouldn't either. <laughs> leave that, leave that rest. Yeah, that's oh man, that's unreal. Jim. That that was a little that freaked me out. Yeah, I, yeah, that, <laughs> I think that freak anybody out, man. I'm not. I don't know how many people like have done that either. So you know, drinking out of our Lewis and Clark, we're drinking out oh, of yeah. a body in the woods. <laughs> that's pretty rare, you know. Now I think, you know, it, it is almost like there's no way he would have buried a body that shallow. Yeah. So I'm thinking that maybe this is my theory, and I wrote it in the book. That maybe there was a hunting camp right next to this gravesite. Oh. And I'm thinking maybe the woman died uh, in the outside world, yeah, his yeah. wife, and then he brought her boots in there and just made kind of a memorial grave. Oh, yeah. And put her name there. Yeah. Because there was, wasn't any dates or anything like that. So I'm I'm thinking it maybe wasn't a gravesite. Yeah, more memorial. Just yeah. a symbolic thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if that was her happy place, you know. Oh, just like, her happy place. Yeah. And you kind of wanted to put her name and have her memorial. It was like a more of a memorial, I think. Yeah. Than actual sense. an actual gravesite. Gravesite makes it more interesting, though. <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? I never did pull it on that boot. Yeah, exactly. Could have been. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Jeez, John, that's amazing. But I did put that picture in my book. You did? Yeah. Oh, perfect. So I'll have it in the next book that I get out. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Man. Picture that grave, yeah. And then, so you'd be, well, I guess, what books are you working on this summer then? I was, was going to ask you. Like, well, right now I'm working on proofreading the adventure book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We want to get that out. And um, in, I want to get it out by June. And uh, that's when. Um, so it's pretty much all done. You just got to make sure you go yeah, through it. Yeah, it's all and, done. It's oh, It's been gone through many times. I'm going to have it proofread uh, by. Uh, Four proofreaders to uh, make sure we get all the 
typos out of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's tough. I mean, like you know, for me and just the stuff I've written in in college or email long email or anything that I you know kind of write up, I have to do. I I have to go through it a few times, and I find oh, all, yeah. all my mistakes and give it to somebody else to to check it out too. And usually, there's a few things like commas and punctuation and maybe misspelling or even just way like if I get excited about writing something. I'll kind of write in reverse, you know, like, and I got to go back through and be like, oh, wait, wait, I got to move this to the end of the sentence and this to the beginning of the yeah. sentence, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and maybe a little dyslexia coming out, I guess, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. But, man, it's very cool, because I always thought, and I, you know, maybe eventually, too, like, I, like I'll, I'll do this kid's book I was talking to you about, but I always thought it'd be very cool to be in a, in a tower like you're doing all summer and just have a project, and I don't, and I don't even know if I'll really finish it, because, uh, you know, I don't know if, I guess I don't know how, where I'm going to be um, when I'm in that you know, tower, but just have a project that I can work on when I, when you do get socked in and have something to, you know, a, a story to, to write down. And I know, I don't know if I've done anything interesting enough to really write a story, but you know, down the road, maybe, or maybe do like a fiction book about, you know, something. I don't know. Oh yeah. I've never written fiction, but uh, I think I'm just going to stick with nonfiction. Yeah. I think, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially with your stories. I mean, they're great and, and getting all your experiences out there. And, and like I said earlier about uh, inspiring folks to go out and, either staff a tower or go out and explore something oh, like yeah. Clark, you know, like it's out there, all that history, you know, and it's better to go out there and, and, uh, put your hands on it. I, f- I think, you know? Yeah. Well, a little, little tidbit about, uh, my visit to, I actually did, uh, about three different field studies over at Otter Butte oh, yeah. before I wrote the book. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I kept going back over there and it's a heck of a hike back out, I bet. but, uh, it's it's not too bad going over there because you're not gaining as much height. But when you come back to Indian Hill, you're gaining um, almost four thousand vertical feet. Oh, that's a lot. So it's a lot. And the yeah. last the uh, what I didn't write in the book is probably something I probably should have written, but I ended up almost dying coming out of there. Really? Yeah. Oh no way. Yeah, I wrote about the storm coming. I wrote about that. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Well, anyhow, the storm did come. Oh, gotcha. And it turned from rain to snow as I was hiking out. Oh, no. So just and, slick. And it was getting slick, and I I didn't have any. I ate all my food over at Otter Butte, uh, all my uh, snack food and stuff. And um, so I was just grabbing huckleberries on the way up the ridge. That's the only nourishment I got. And by the time I got to the top of Bluff Ridge... Which is probably about six thousand vertical feet. It was like seven inches of snow, oh, and I was so tired. I was so cold, and it was so lethargic. So I just laid down to take a little nap, and I fell asleep. Oh man! And that was the signs of hypothermia. Yeah, that could have been your last sleep. Could have been my last sleep. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! And Judy, my wife, and, and we aren't married anymore, but. Uh, uh, we were married back then, and she was calling from the lookout. I was about two air miles away, oh. and it was foggy, and amazingly, her voice reached me Carried and through. woke me up. And I'm going, oh, my God. She called, John, John. And I woke up, and I said, oh, my God. I got to get going. But yeah. I was still still really tired i needed some energy food which i didn't have yeah. so i went heel to toe heel to toe all the way up there i got in the lookout and i just had to get in them in the bed with judy and just snuggle up with her to get my core temperature yeah, back, warm up. You back up yeah because yeah. that takes a lot it takes a lot of calories to get your core back up. oh yeah my core temperature was way down there i almost died out there i bet i bet you were drifting towards the other side when that voice came through. i was yeah, yeah. that's right oh, yeah if she hadn't woke me up i'm sure that would have been it yeah yeah, that'd been your yeah. Last hike. <laughs> but that was 
part of the book I didn't Dang. put in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but now you, you get to hear it, and yeah, everybody else yeah, gets to hear it. Yeah, man, that's that's great. Oh, those, see, those stories are cool. And that's you know, I kind of thought coming in just from a little bit of talk to you that there was more, you know. That oh was, yeah. You know, maybe like uh, left out of the book, and you know, for whatever reason, and what if you could do like an addition to the book later on or something? Because that's a great story. I mean, that's yeah, nuts. Yeah, that one I. I said, you know, I wonder why I didn't put that in there, but uh, any I didn't. Yeah, there's a reason but, for uh, this, right? Yeah. It, it, it was almost the, the last uh, trip to Outer Butte I ever made. <laughs> yeah, holy cow. Yeah, last trip in the mountains. The, the first, actually the first and last trip. But then actually I went back over there a couple more times after that. Oh, you did? Yeah. Dang. And I approached it differently. I went via Highline Ridge oh, yeah. instead of Otter Creek. Oh. And Highline Ridge is a lot easier and um, a little further hike, but it's easier. a further hike, but it's a lot more ridge running. Yeah, that's that's so much better. It's a yeah, as, as a young uh, fella in like high school and even in college, I'd uh, I'd be more like like your original track when I was hunting. You know, like oh, I'm gonna yeah. get to the top of this ridge, and I go up the steep, and now I'm more of a switchback kind of yeah. like around the ridge kind of guy. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, just because I'd get up there so whooped, you know. And, oh yeah, uh, my quads and everything just be burning. Um, and then did. You made it over to was it Highline? Was the other one that like the two story Highline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you, did you ever make it over there? Yeah, I've been to Highline many times. Yeah, is there I'll, anything left of it or? Uh there's little bits of stuff on the ridge top. Um, you know, um, there's not much left. But if yeah. you hunt around, you can find little uh, mementos and stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to check that one out because man, the way you described that in the book was amazing too. The lakes and the the two story tower and, oh, or a yeah. cabin, right? It was like a cabin. Right? Yeah, like little, actually, it was a a log lookout two story with the living quarters up on the second story, oh. and um, and that one um was looking right down at Highline Lakes. Oh, right, the cool. lakes. How big are those lakes about? I mean, oh, they're about five acres a piece. Oh, so pretty And the size. best fishing in the West. Oh, my God. I never, ever got skunked at that lake. Really? At those oh, lakes, yeah. That's all. Yeah, and you described that great in the book, too. Oh, yeah. Tarzan. And actually, when I wrote about Tarzan fishing, I was just pretending I was fishing. Yeah, that's the best way to do it, though. <laughs> yeah, that's the best way to do it. Yeah, because it came out so good. You know, the description was great, you know, and then enjoying the meal afterwards, you know. Oh, yeah. Having the fresh food. The fresh uh, food, yeah. Because anyone who's fought fire and has lived on other rations, oh, man, as soon as you get any kind of fresh food, it's oh, it's like heaven, you know. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. And the way Tarzan came in, in the book was, they forded the cross the the Selway River. Oh whoa! Uh, right down by Otter Creek, and um, I have since tried to find that ford, and I cannot find it. Really? I don't know how they cross. I can't find a good crossing. And with with all the stock too. With man. all the stock. Yeah. With a string of stock. Man. So there's no absolutely no way you ever want to approach it by the. The Selway River. Yeah. That, that is, I don't find any Ford there. Man, I wonder, yeah. I, wonder I don't know how, how they got across. Man. But they did. Yeah. We know they came in across that Selway River. Yeah, right, to get all the supplies up to Otter Beach. Yeah. Oh, dang. Yeah, very cool. And that's, I love that part, though. It's a mystery and might be an unsolved mystery for us because yeah. you know, no, one, no one's probably alive who did it, right? Oh, I, that's right. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, Tarzan himself passed away in 98, right? I think uh, Well, I should have that memorized, but I think it is. Yeah, I think it was 98. <laughs> I know. I, I meant to like have some numbers written down for you. There's Tarzan right there. Oh, really? Hey. Check it out for, I don't know if folks can see that in the vision, oh, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. It looks like an old Dodge he's sitting on top of oh, a yeah. power wagon. Power wagon. Oh, <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite trucks. Yeah. Do you still have it when you went to go interview him? No. He no. didn't have that oh, anymore. Man. Yeah, I was hoping yeah. he did. Oh, yeah. Very cool. He probably wasn't really driving when, he, when you went and saw him, huh? No, he was. Uh, uh, I, 
He was pretty much close to the end when I saw him. Yeah. Yeah, it sounded like yeah, because like I think that your timeline, you know, was was pretty close to the end yeah. there, from what I remember. And his 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 uh, his wife uh, Beth ended up reading my first draft to him. Oh. Uh, because he couldn't read anymore, yeah. and um, he liked the whole book. He loved the book. Yeah. Except for one thing. Oh, what's that? The two times he got burned over in, in his fires. Uh, went off of cool water and, of course, went off Otter Butte. I wrote that he was scared. Yeah. And he told me he was never scared a day in his life. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I knew he was tough, but man. <laughs> he was never scared a day in his life. Yeah, I guess. If so. anything. Yeah. And he was never scared of those those uh, those burnovers. Oh. So I had to change it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Jeez. That's the only, only thing he didn't like. Yeah. Man, well, that's good, though. That means you wrote it really well, then. If yeah. Just two, two uh, changes. Just two changes. Jeez, yeah. yeah. I mean, I imagine. He's a tough sucker, so. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Like, that was funny when he said that, though. I've never scared a day in my life. Yeah. Anything. But <laughs> dead serious, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, that's nuts. Yeah, that's, uh, that's tough for human. They're, they're built different back then, though, you know? Like, I think when I, when I did the math on it, me and my mother-in-law, it was like, I think it was like 19 with the date of when he first started like trapping in the middle of uh-huh. nowhere and building those cabins. Like, oh man, incredible. Oh yeah. What an incredible human. I'm so glad you got the story there. John. Oh like, God, no amazing. kidding. And, um, uh, I never, I've been looking for his trapper cabins. There's only, uh, one remains of a trapper cabin in Grave Meadow oh, really? off of Grave Meadow Peak. Oh. And I got in there. It's, um, off a of Red Lake kind of yeah. going on past Buck Lake. And, um, I think that might have been one of his trapper cabins. Oh, really? You found yeah, one? Yeah, I found remains of his. One, I think it's one of his cabins up there. It's got to be. Who else would be doing it, right? Because there's a page. Hey, you get that book? Mm-hmm. There's a page, a picture in there that. Um, yeah, because you. Is that the one that you took a picture of? Um, Of the cabin there, buried in the snow? No, that that isn't it. That. That's not when I... Well, that's interesting. That is a cool picture, though. This is interesting. Yeah. I've never really looked at this picture that close. Oh, really? But I think that's Grave Meadow Peak. Oh, That wow. might be that cabin that oh, I found. Oh, really? I was wondering. I meant to ask you. The remains of it. Up. Wow. I never put two and two together. So maybe I did find one of his cabins. Yeah. I think it <laughs> looks like it to me. Yeah. That's Grave Meadow Peak. Oh, that's very cool, John. And this it's right off of that where the main remains were. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So that what a discovery I made that I didn't know I made. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so cool. Man, I love, yeah. I love this stuff. So that's yeah for folks watching at home or listening. You can see that? Yeah. Good call, John. Yeah, right there, that cabin. I think I found the remains of it right off a of grave metal peak. Oh man, so cool, John. <laughs> Dang. Man, I'm so glad I came. What a discovery! Yeah. Right here. Oh, amazing. Man, I'm so. I mean, I'm glad I could be here for it. Oh no, kidding. <laughs> cool. That that that's major. That is, man. Yeah, now I want, now I want to get up there and look around for it. <laughs> yeah, and the, and then the snow in that picture shows like as you described in your book, like when he got snowed in. It's like, oh yeah, man, his could be just oh yeah gnarly up there. Yeah, no kidding. And no one, I mean, if he died out there, no one would eat, but no one where he was. No, his yeah. body would never been found. That's what I was thinking. Oh yeah, so remote, so remote. Yeah, all by himself, sixty-five mile trap line, in the middle of the Selway wilderness. Oh, my God. And he was there for months. Yeah, and that just shows you how tough his nails the guy oh, was. Oh, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, battling the weather. I mean, like you said, like all that snow and the cold. Oh, yeah. And then setting up the cabins before winter came to smart enough to yep. have it supplied, right? So if he does get snowed in. Oh, yeah. He had to supply it and get his, his ticks made, which were uh, bear grass, bear grass um, 
canvas ticks and stuff. Oh, ticks. Oh, yeah, ticks, ticks is an old bed, bedding oh. for the old trappers. Oh. And what they did is they took a canvas covering and they filled it with bear grass. Oh. And that would be a mattress, the bear grass. Oh, wow. In the canvas. Was it soft? Yeah, it was pretty soft. Oh, nice. Yeah. And they called those, uh, those they call them ticks. Ticks. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, you mentioned your book, and I was kind of picturing it because I think you said it, he made like a pillow out of one too, right? Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, so... They use bear grass for 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 bedding. Yeah, pretty pretty <laughs> handy, man. I'll, oh yeah, folks. I mean, like building the tower, building his bedding, you know. And yeah, all right. Those little cabins along the way, and at such a young age. Oh yeah, and then that bear coming in his camp, and then oh what? yeah, I don't know, him dealing with it. Yeah, he was kind of living with it for a minute, right? Cause oh yeah, he was. Yeah. He was living with it. He that bear was around for quite a while. Yeah, but uh, finally he had to do something about it because <laughs> yeah, I was getting too too uh, friendly. Too friendly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what it like getting too comfortable. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's awesome, John. Yeah. Well, shoot, I appreciate you, man. I won't take up too much more of your time. Uh, but yeah, we'll have to we'll have to do another one if you if you'd like. Oh yeah, the other way you can get my Tarzan book or my lookout book is to write. Um, me at can I show the oh, address? Yeah, absolutely. Here, yeah. Okay. Yeah, go yeah, grab it up. I was gonna see if I could find it in here. But here's the cover again of Tarzan for anyone who's who's interested. Great, I can't recommend it enough. Great read. Here here's my address. Oh, perfect. <laughs> can I see it right there? Yeah, yeah, there should be able to see There's good. the address. All you have to do is send twenty five dollars, which would cover shipping for my lookout book, or fifteen dollars with uh, the Tarzan book. And that covers shipping too, so anyhow, that's the address, and uh, I'll send a book right out to you. When yeah, I, when right, I get it, right, John. Nice message about uh, your interest in lookouts or something. You yeah, know, a little nice note would be great. Yeah, I'd love to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, where you're at. What, yeah, what your interest is. What, yeah. yeah, where you might be reading it. Even you know, your maybe a little bit about your outdoor experience. Like, all be great. Oh yeah, no kidding. Yeah, and um, uh, it's just like uh, the first summer. I think the first summer on Indian Hill was my best summer. Yeah, I bet. And um, being with my wife, Judy, and just everything new, everything fresh from the big city. We came from Den. We actually moved from Milwaukee to Denver. Oh, really? And then we got this job on in Indian Hill and got flown up there. And it was just like we were uh, set off like the Swiss family Robinson living in this treehouse, but this lookout 41 feet high oh. and learning where everything was. I didn't even know where a spring was. We had to find our... Uh, water source, which was right below us, all the snow. Oh. So we used snow for our water source until the spring was until uncovered. The, until the until we could um, uh, get down to the spring, we eventually got our vehicle up there. Oh, and um, and then we uh, went down and got our water from uh, the spring. But there was a trail. We had to find the trail to the spring. Oh yeah. And so that was so much fun. Just discovering on my own where this trail was to the spring yeah what an adventure and then the neatest thing was is that trail led to two springs oh really yeah one was a really neat private little spring and that was higher up on the mountain and the other one was lower down on the road oh but i chose to go to the higher one uh if we i didn't need a lot of water because it was going pretty slow yeah, yeah. but uh anyhow I'd, I'd alternate but but what was really neat is just discovering everything our first year. Yeah. Yeah, just everything was... A, all the new things. Well, all you, the new things. And you kind of mentioned that in the, when you first read the excerpt from your other book that you haven't released yet, uh, The Smells, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that book that I, uh, I read from, um, I haven't had that published. So if I ever do get that published, it would be 
on the heels of my Lewis and Clark book. So. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, now I'm really interested, especially just hearing that that little excerpt, you know, and 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 like like I was saying earlier, like the smells, like people who don't know when I'm in the mountains, the smell of spring in the mountains is so different from anywhere else. You know, like the wildflowers and the pine. And oh yeah, the grass. You know, it just yeah, smells right. amazing. Oh no, kidding. So fresh. That's one of the things I just love about Lookout Life are the smells. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the flocks. My favorite little flower. The ground flocks. Oh, gotcha. What do they look like? Oh, they're just little, beautiful little uh, purple, pink, uh, white, uh, just uh, kind of a ground cover. Oh, really? And they're just beautiful little flowers. Oh, awesome. And you get, that's the first thing I do when I go up to Indian. Now, at Sundance, there's, I, there's no flocks. But at Indian Hill, I go up there. The first thing I do is get them in my hands and knees, and I smell the flocks. Oh, and this is amazing, like heaven, huh? It's heaven. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Once I smell that flocks, I know I'm home. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Oh, it's amazing, John. And then, oh, yeah. And then the changing in seasons, because then the hu- huckleberries turn red, right, in the fall. Yeah. And... You live through all four seasons, really. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, you, you show up in the in yep. early spring when the snows are just leaving, and you end up leaving in winter when oh, the snows arrive for the winter. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah, because that's usually what chases most lookouts yeah. out is the weather. Is the weather, yeah. yeah. Dang, John. Well, I can't thank you enough. Thanks for having me. Oh, you appreciate bet. you. And uh, yeah, we'll do another one. And and, uh, and like I said, send me anything uh, that you're up to, and I'll, I'll put it out in the social media world for folks to check it out. Because I'm sure a lot of people are going to want to follow your story. Fantastic. This yeah. has been a great, great uh, chat here. <laughs> yeah, it's been awesome. Great for me too. Thank All you right. so much, John.